2: Memorial Day weekend. All you nerds out there. You couldn't tell by the music. We're probably gonna be talking a little bit of Star Wars today. Yeah, that's right. This is a, another edition of Bandwagon Nerds Memorial Day weekend installment of this thing. I am your host for today, the one and only the lawyer Dave Unger. Patrick O'Dowd still out on assignment. We hope Patrick's having a wonderful Memorial Day weekend. Uh, I'm not, of course, alone here today. I'm joined by two of my very best partners in crime for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, Let's welcome welcome them into the show, the one and only Aesop Mitchell, done updating his computer and getting harassed by artificial intelligence. How are you doing, buddy?
3: Oh, man, I am ready and warmed up. Another morning of pickleball action, and let me tell you, them 70-year-olds don't fuck around. They're ready to roll at any point in time. And uh there's nothing sweeter than kicking their ass, them geriatric <laughs> bastards. It was a it was great. It was great. I'm so ready for this. I'm happy to be back. I missed a week. I don't like that. I don't like missing.
2: Yeah, that it was uh we could have used you a little bit last week, but uh Tunny and I held it together, sort of, kind of. Uh speaking of the one and only PC Tunny. The live studio audience, he's here yet again. Cunny, how are you doing, sir, on this lovely Memorial
4: Day weekend? Yes. Happy Memorial Day weekend, everybody. Thanks for tuning in here to Bandwagon Nerds, Cheershot Radio Network. Glad to be here, boys. Big show today. Really big show.
2: Lots of uh lots of information. Lots of uh Star Wars talk coming, lots of uh too many trailers. I had to leave a couple of them off. It's just like shit, we got too many trailers this week. <laughs> I gotta I gotta pick and choose which ones. I know I left off a couple of ASOPs, but that wasn't intentional. It was. I know. Well,
3: I'm, I'm offended. It was intentional versus it, D, Man. It was intentional, but it's
2: just like I, we can't just do eight trailers. That's not going to work. So well. yeah, <laughs> uh, we got a little bit of news, not a whole lot of news that we're going to talk about. That's not Star Wars related, but yeah, I mean, you know, Gore the God Butcher looking like the cover of Queen's News of the World album. We're going to be talking about that in a little bit, at the risk of offending one Mister O'Dowd with that comparison, but <laughs> kind of right. But uh, we're going to start off, first off, let's talk a little bit of a big series drop. Actually, a couple of the series dropped this week. We're not going to do any Stranger Things talk because I haven't watched any of that yet. I think my wife and I are saving that. But first two episodes, Obi-Wan Kenobi, the brand new Star Wars streaming show on Disney Plus dropped on uh, Thursday night, Friday. I think they let it out. Let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. We've all watched the first two episodes I'm going to turn it over to just like general thoughts. I mean, we're not going to do a blow by blow review of this because it's still up in the air. You know what we're going to do once Patrick gets back next week, whether the focus shifts completely to the boys, which is highly likely. Um, We know he's not very fond of reviewing two shows. So let's not review Kenobi. Let's just give our thoughts about these first two episodes and, and, what do you think of this thing? Tony, I'm going to kick it over to you first. I know you and I were talking off air about it. Um I got some thoughts. I got a little bit of a concern about something I want to talk about, but your thoughts on these first two episodes and, and where we ended up.
4: Yeah. Well, in review um
2: <laughs> in, in yeah, summation
4: um, it's great. It's excellent. It's another piece of the puzzle. I, we, we briefly had a quick conversation before we got going here about it. And, I want to know the whole story. I want to know everything about everything, right? It's like if history is your major and a particular part of history is your major from this century, from this country, you want to know everything that happened in that period of time. And Star Wars is a story from a period of time that extends a long time. I want to know everything that was affecting everything, even though I may already know the outcome and what's going to happen in the future, but I want to know what led to everything else, because I think it allows me to enjoy it in a more full aspect. I don't know if you can, if that makes sense, right? Like I I want, I want the full story. Yeah. I mean, they,
2: before I kick it over to Aesop, just a general kind of thing here, you know, they. They said that the uh, sequel trilogy wrapped up the Skywalker saga, but they keep now filling in the gaps of that saga that they've just concluded. And you know, you see it here. This is another one of these stories that fills in, and it does. It, it's set in the right, in this great sweet spot of a timeline between the prequel and the original trilogy, where you know that that ten twenty years that Obi One is in isolation on Tatooine watching Luke grow up um so you know they're kind of this is this is right in that in that wheelhouse so it's a it's a fascinating story I think it's one that most Star Wars fans I'd say were curious about and and if you said hey we're going to do a story about this time frame I think most of us who are Star Wars fans would say I'm in Aesop how about you are you in after two episodes or what do you think
3: absolutely and I think uh this is nothing against Mr. O'Dowd but I think he he is doing everyone a big disservice especially after seeing these first two episodes I wish we could cover it and I again completely understand his take about covering two uh, two series at the same time but man this is this is like apex star wars action right here you have some Absolutely standout performances, not just from the main characters, you know, such as, you know, uh, um, Ewan McGregor. But that first episode, you can't tell me that young Princess Leia wasn't one of the best characters you've seen in a Star Wars film in a while. And then uh, in the second as well, Kumail Nanjiani did a great job as well, just being a character that you really want uh, to see more of. And that's not even, you know, talking about such as like the Inquisitors, who uh, I am convinced at this point, I want an Inquisitor series. You know, something a little bit more episodic where they're just hunting down Jedi. That would be an absolutely fantastic series to watch. Um, I, I'm i really in on Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, the, the one gripe that I have is episode two. Leia is falling. And uh, Obi-Wan reaches out and uses his force powers to, you know, float her down to the ground. Um, First of all, what happened to all the bounty hunters firing at him? They just disappeared. Second, like, she dropped to the ground, and as soon as she touched, he was around the corner. Like, there he was, after she just fell off of a, what, I don't know, 12-story building. You know, whatever. Those are nitpicks. But I was laughing and griping at the same time from that. I can't wait to see more.
2: So I I may incur your wrath here a little bit on this on this point. But first off, I love the show. I'm with you guys. I I wish we could cover it in more detail. I understand, you know, no one wants two and a half hours of of a of a of a podcast. Um, it, It does. I think Aesop's right. We are we are touching upon. As far as Star Wars storylines go, this is this is the apex of Star Wars storylines. The relationship between Obi-Wan and Anakin slash Vader is the stuff of, they did a whole freaking trilogy about this. So now, you know, you're filling in this gap. Here's my thing, and I want to throw this out there to you. I, I, I didn't have an issue, and I'll say this, I did not really see this coming, that Leia would be the center of this story. I mean, I think going into it, we would have said, well, there's going to be some interaction between Obi-Wan and Luke. But introducing Leia and her story uh, was completely unexpected to me. Now, that being said, I do have a little bit of a concern about the portrayal of Leia. Because I agree with you, Aesop, first episode, she was really strong. Second one, and maybe it's just me, but I got a distinct in a few places a Jake Lloyd sort of feel coming off of her with some of what she was doing and and it kind of put me back a little bit and i'm like you know I, you know and again it's like okay you're casting somebody as 10 years old which is a a tough sell for any child actor especially in this sort of an environment but there are a few places in there i just got this sort of this jake Lloydish. some of her dialogue was coming across and i was like ooh, that sounds kind of like phantom Menacey sort of thing and i don't know if they want to go in that direction now they've got a great story that's wrapping around that. And, 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 you know, I don't think, you know, we're going to be Leia centric for very long. Um, I thought it was important to introduce her. I want to see, hopefully we get something between Obi-Wan and Luke and the character or the actor playing Luke as well. I was just like, ah, you guys probably want to be careful about spending too much time on this. Am I completely wrong? Aesop? Or, or, you know, what do you think?
3: I did not get the Jake Lloyd feels. I, I think this is, to me it it doesn't have the same sort of feeling um now first and foremost let's go back to the you thought it was going to be more luke based really what is there with luke you know and even in the original trilogy you know he's he kind of knows of ben kenobi but he doesn't know anything about him so you can't exactly have a nice relationship between those two and especially when the relationship between uh owen and ben or obi-wan rather is so fractured you know so you're just going to get little pass by conversations or maybe we get an episode of luke skywalker you know where it's through his point of view the action really is with the organas It, it it really does because you have uh um Bail Organa who is really trying to not only run his uh the city of Cor uh, is it Coruscant? No. He's Alder- um,
2: They're on Alderaan, aren't they? Alderaan.
3: Alderaan. Sorry. Uh yeah, running Alderaan and on top of that still trying to lead a rebellion of sorts, right? And Leia's got to come into her own to be that Carrie Fisher Princess Leia later on. So we need to see that, that depth, that building, because she knows of Obi-Wan Kenobi, of Ben Kenobi, but, you know, outside of that, you know, she's basically just uh, a tomboy at this point. No, so you, we got to make her that powerful figure.
2: And you raise a great point. You know, when she, in the in New Hope, where she places that message into R2, help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi, you're my only hope that kind of does take on a whole new meaning after watching these first two episodes. Okay. She knows very well who Obi-Wan Kenobi is. And, and, and when you start to kind of fill in the gaps that the story is trying to fill in, it's like, Oh, okay. I get that. That makes sense. Now here's the thing. And I was talking to Tony and, and talking to my nephew about it. we were driving out to the golf course yesterday and it, and it comes through loud and clear here is that the moment of real, and, and I'll say this, Obi-Wan is to me, is haunted by his own failure in that first episode and goes into hiding. And, and, you know, yeah, I, I get it. Like, like talking to my nephew he's like, I, I don't want to see this turn into like, you know, the same thing, like Luke went through with last Jedi, where he's haunted by his own failure with Ben. And I don't, you know, I, he goes, I don't want to see another story about that. And I get that, but yeah, you could tell in that first episode, Ben wants nothing to do with being a Jedi buried lightsabers in the middle of the desert um, and, and is punishing himself for his own failure. But yeah, in that second episode, where, you know, and, and it's important because if you really think about it, he thinks Anakin died on Mustafar. He never knows until this moment when Reva, Reva or whatever her name is tells him that Anakin is Darth Vader. That in that, the last scene, basically, of episode two, where he's trying to come to terms with the fact, like, oh my God, Anakin's still alive. You get the feeling like maybe somewhere in the back of his mind, he thinks of what Padme told him. There's still good in him, which is. You know, is he going to try and redeem him in some way? And that moving forward is going to be obviously the big thing with this story. But yeah, that was that was some really
3: powerful stuff. So first things first, though, you know, because of that, you are going to have a story of Obi-Wan redeeming himself, because as of right now, if he's having these type of nightmares, that means he is not at one with the force. Right. I mean, that is that was one of the main story arcs in uh you know the early trilogies with Anakin is that he's having these nightmares jedis don't have that they they don't they're at peace with everything around them um so the fact that you know we're kind of having these little sh- hints and shades of dark side in uh obi-wan kenobi that's kind of a cool factor that i don't know if, if, how many people looked into that uh, but that was one of the first things that came to mind is, like, why is he having nightmares? He shouldn't be.
4: So uh, have you guys noticed that where he works, is seems like some kind of butchering place in the middle of nowhere that he has to get cargo shipped to. And at the end of every shift, he takes that little piece of meat and cuts it out, and wraps it up and sticks it right underneath his overalls, takes it home with him and feeds his lizard horse, whatever. I don't know what the official name is. <laughs> of you know what I'm saying? You guys don't know either, so um, I, I bet a lot of people wouldn't know the name of that particular creature, which is, seems like a lovely creature. Um, were you waiting? And I think it still might happen, if, especially if he goes back to the job here, maybe a little denial of what happened and been like, no, I'm going to go back to normal again. Were you waiting for him to turn back into a Jedi because that guy confronted him about taking that piece of meat? Like, I thought for sure that big, bald guy with the beard he was going to get into it with. I thought that was going to be the thing that set him on that track, but maybe we're still coming to that.
2: Yeah. You might get that after he's readopted himself as a Jedi and reintegrated himself. And I mean, and you think about it in this episode, when Re- Reb is about to, you know, confront him and the grand inquisitor showed us up, he's holding his lightsaber. You know, damn well, he has not clicked that thing on since he turned that off after killing or thinking that he killed Anakin. So that moment where he's actually going to power that thing up is going to be hugely powerful for him. But I think, yeah, it might be like one of those moments like in Superman 2 where he gets his powers back and goes to the diner and kicks a trucker's ass. You may see Obi-Wan come out there and this guy's going to rip off somebody else and, and, and Obi-Wan's going to intervene and, and that sort of thing. But, yeah, it's – it's man, it's, it's a really compelling series right now and just seeing – vader in the bacta tank uh you know getting you know the treatment the same thing that was that um, boba fett was getting in in that series same sort of thing trying to get healed and just hearing that respirator click on man
3: fun fact it is called an eop or a snoot horse snoot horse
2: (laughs) Snoot horses for the win, uh yeah, but it I mean he is he is feeding that and that sort of thing. Any other takeaways you guys had from these first two episodes that that strike you as something that we really need to talk about more? I mean, Aesop's right, the grand inquisitor, the whole relationship there and and just kind of like the power struggle within themselves, and the grand inquisitor think- biting the dust,
4: you know. I think there's more to the relationship between Anakin and Riva than we think, and I think the majority of the rest of the series is going to be between Obi Wan and Anakin. The kind of the 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 meeting towards that. I think that's how this season's going to end on the precipice of that meeting, and that's we're going to have more of this. This is going to be multiple seasons of this, I believe.
3: I, uh, I I will say I was thoroughly shocked by the Grand Inquisitor's uh, quick demise. You know, I, I wouldn't b- have been surprised if that would have happened, you know, episode five, episode six, whatever. But man, episode two, shit, that was a nice little twist for me right at the end.
2: Yeah, I, I think Tuddy's right. We're going to get an early in episode three, Reva showing up with uh, with Vader saying, I found him. He's still alive. And Vader's, obs- you know, I mean, we know Vader has got some obsessive sort of issues. And that's that's been, you know, kind of one of his Achilles heel throughout his tenure as a as a one of the most iconic villains of all time. But as soon as he finds out that Obi-Wan going to is still alive, you know, that his focus is going to shift into tracking down his former master to put him down once and for the count. But, you know, and th- and we know that that never really happens until they fight on the Death Star. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm sure we're going to get some sort of face to face confrontation between them at, at some point. But they have to be careful because you got to remember the dialogue when they meet each other on the Death Star. We meet again at last. The circle is now complete. When I left, you I was but the learner. So they can't. They got to be careful about how much do you do here because you don't want to. You know, you don't want to tread on canon and they, that sort they of They already
3: did it. They already did it with uh, the Leia Obi Wan because he introduced himself as Ben. So True. you know. So that was one little slip up i guess i you know don't really care but how,
4: why, but how can how can you why is that not unredeemable w- what do you mean so oh, the first time he met her he introduced himself as ben why is that why so what where, where has it because ever been said that the first time he met her he told her his name was obi-wan kenobi
3: well because of her meeting with luke in the desert in tatooine she is looking for obi-wan Kenobi or sorry sorry uh oh no you're right never mind uh you are right I did for her get that mixed up but um yeah never mind then but, uh, but even Phil why would she in- why wouldn't she ask for obi-wan slash Ben Kenobi in the on, with r two
2: yeah I mean it's it, maybe she, maybe she was trying to reach out to him by using his jedi name to kind of instill something in him to say hey i'm not talking to ben sure. i'm not talking to the guy who rescued me from the inquisitors i'm talking to the jedi knight no, obi-wan i need you obi-wan i don't need ben, ben. i
3: need you obi-wan that's what i need oh, oh, you
2: obi-wan, Jew Obi-Wan.
3: <laughs> the judas
2: dude there's a shirt for you judai that's got to be a shirt you can make
4: listen it. the person who <laughs> rescued rescued leia was obi-wan the person who told the other Jedi to go bury their lightsaber in the middle of the desert, that was still Ben. But the second he decided to take the ship and go there and do it, that was Obi-Wan, period.
2: And you and yeah, I think you got to – I think you have to understand that there is – they are the same – Go
4: to the other planet to rescue her.
2: Right. They are the same person, but Ben Kenobi is the one who – put away his lightsabers and buried him in the desert Obi-Wan's the actual Jedi. He does seem that there does seem to be a dividing line that you know we just thought oh it's just a nickname that they gave him but this series seems to be exploring at least in the first two episodes the Ben Kenobi persona is the one who's been in the desert for 10 years and buried all of his stuff and once doesn't want to be a Jedi anymore because he's haunted by the pain of his own failure with his brother. And and that is a real going to be a real driving point Going forward, I agree with you guys. It's it's a tremendous series. The first two episodes, a few little quibbles here and there. Nothing that's you know nothing that's fatal. And maybe I'm way off base, and I'm sure Patrick will let me know when he hears this. Either he'll say, "Yeah, I see Jake Lloyd in there as well," or he's going to say, "Dave, you're fucking an idiot," which Patrick <laughs> likes to tell me on occasion. So that's okay. Um, but yeah, it's it's a very powerful first two episodes of this thing. I am really looking forward to seeing where we end up and and who how we end up and how we get there and what sort of other things are going to happen. So fantastic stuff. Great first two episodes. You guys got anything else you want to add on before we uh, jump into our first commercial break here since we have broken down? Not, you know, we yeah it kind of did turn into a review, (laughs) the first two episodes, but more of a kind of all-encompassing, overreaching sort of thing. Aesop, you got any final thoughts on on this episode on these uh, first two episodes and, and anything you're really, I mean, we all know what we're looking forward to, but anything maybe flying under the radar that you're looking forward to coming up.
3: Once again, give me an inquisitor series. That's what I want. And then uh, at that point that gives us what force unleashed uh, as well too, which would be fun. Ooh, there you go.
2: We're we're going to talk a little bit more about video game sequels coming up in just a few moments there. Tony, any uh, final thoughts on these first two episodes of a, uh, Obi Wan Kenobi and uh, and anything else you're looking forward to coming up that we might not be thinking <laughs> do I, about.
4: Do I have permission to roll the commercial right after I give this thought? Sure. Okay. When that when the Inquisitor ship came down and they first landed in the town and you didn't know who was coming out of the ship, I was really hoping it was going to be Boba Fett. <laughs>
3: Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis. With attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head.
2: Ah, I, I'm sure Patrick O'Dowd will appreciate any Boba Fett references he can get. Uh, on this show, that's for damn sure. You know how much he loves Boba Fett, so it's it's his favorite. Uh, we love you, Pat. Happy Mor- <laughs> Memorial Day. We're not done talking Star Wars, though, guys, because, man, we had Star Wars Celebration took place this week, and and I, I, I gave you guys a link that I titled Star Wars Celebration News Dump, because that's really kind of what it was. Uh, I want to kick it over to Tony first. I'm sure you had a chance to go through this thing, and we're going to talk some of the bigger news items but what about that came out of star wars celebration which actually uh, you know star wars celebration kind of dabbed a little bit in indiana jones 5 as well here and there so it wasn't all star wars but it was kind of han solo harrison ford indy whatever that sort of thing but uh what did you read coming out of uh star wars celebration that kind of caught your eye
4: <laughs> the first and overall thing is once again yes more pieces to the puzzle give me everything i'll take it right um i know we're gonna get to that andor trailer but the first thing i want to say is i thought that was going to be a movie and then i seen it was a series and i was like oh that's even better because i get more um so that's where I, i think i'm more leaning towards streaming series now even though i like to watch some things in the theater but man uh the survivor trailer was really good there was a whole bunch of stuff in here we got some ahsoka news uh skeleton crew was officially announced with jude law there's just so many different things going on here where they're taking advantage of it right and to me they've done everything really well i I, you can nitpick here and there and you can even be disappointed in some of it but at least we're getting the story out and filling in the holes here so i'm i i I love the last thing i'll say is i love the fact that they attack it from like three different avenues right you know we got animated stuff we got the streaming stuff and we got the movie theater stuff and it's and they're doing a great job at all of it can't wait for ahsoka period
2: yeah yeah exactly Aesop, what did you see coming out of uh, and, and you know we're going to be talking Andor. we're going to talk jedi survivor uh but what else did you see coming out of star wars celebration lots of news lots of information but what did you see that kind of caught your eye
3: well first I-, I was quite shocked at the excellent response the crowd had to Hayden Christensen who is just panned usually by the, you know, the star Wars community. But, uh, you know, he, I, I, what did he, what did he end up saying? Um, this is where the fun begins. Everybody lost
2: their shit, man. It was great. Lost
3: their mind. And, uh, you know what? I think that is super good to see, you know, the fact that he is getting, some type of redemption from, let's be honest, a piss poor performance uh, at times, and now we just need to see the true Dark Lord, which is Jar Jar banks and I'll be happy.
2: <laughs> He's um, Hayden's getting the Andrew Garfield treatment right now. Is that that's what it reminds me of? The way that Andrew Garfield got with the whole No Way Home thing, and 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 this is kind of similar. He a, a performance that was panned by a lot of critics, a lot of fans, but a lot of people looked at it with like, well, maybe it wasn't him, maybe it was just the writing, and I think there's a strong argument with Hayden as well, but yeah, what he says, this is where the fun begins, boy, that place came unglued, I I, I messaged you guys, yeah, it, made, it made my soul smile a little bit, because, yeah, I, I mean, he he did some things right, he did some things wrong, he was in a very, you know, an unenviable position, to be playing Anakin sliding into Darth Vader, tough. Tough role to and he was so, you know, lovable and likable in the first ones. And, you know, okay, yeah, whatever. Performance not great. But to have that to do a convincing story of this slide into the dark side, not easy. Um, stuff that I I picked out of here, Mandalorian got pushed to February 2023, which kind of surprised me a little bit. Season three is coming a little bit. I thought it would be December, which is when they've had like the first two seasons. It's only a couple months, so it's not that big a deal. But yeah, I think um the series that are coming out and, and the number of them and like just you get to see how Disney Plus is leveraging the ability of Star Wars to tell these stories that it's like we don't have to have a trilogy to tell a compelling story. We've got and, and, you know, Marvel's doing the same thing. You see Marvel doing it. But now Star Wars is like, hey, we've got these great stories that we can tell using the Disney Plus streaming series. We've got Andor coming up. We've got Skeleton Crew, you know, Bad Batch to the animated stuff that they're doing. Um, I, I like that. I did. What was one thing? Okay, we did get an announcement that Knights of the Old Republic 2, the Sith Lords is going to be released for Switch, which is like, wow, you know, you guys are about 20 years too late on this thing, but that's fine. Uh, I thought at first I thought they were talking about the remake was coming out already, but that's not the case. But uh, yeah, that's um. I mean, lots of little things. And then they dabbled in, you know, the uh, stuff about Indiana Jones 5. Uh, a little bit about Willow we're gonna talk about the willow trailer coming up, but
3: let me let me just quick since you brought it up. Do you care about Indiana Jones five?
2: I want to How about that? but do I right now no but i I want to i really i really want to Aesop.
3: man, I just don't I don't care at all and call me two, call me a bad person two, for it, but jeez.
4: I mean, if the movie will be like Harrison Ford live action, flies a plane on his own, like I'm in there. I want to see what happens. I want to see the landing for sure. But if it's actually another Indiana Jones story, I'm out.
2: It's it's hard because the last no, one was no. so bad that it just – You it fly just... a plane, guys. <laughs> we need Reggie. Can Reggie come back from the original one? And I hate <laughs> – it's just my pet Python Reggie, you know, that sort of um, – I did – I noticed that, you know – they did some stuff with Ahsoka.
4: I'm sick of these snakes on this fucking plane. <laughs> That's right.
2: right. They did some stuff with Ahsoka, and and they are teasing. I know, Tony, you mentioned it a little bit about Ahsoka. They are teasing the introduction of some iconic characters from the Rebels series, Ezra Bridger, Sabine Wren, uh, some people like that who they're going to bring into the live action, which adds... Even more to the Star Wars lore, you know. Now you're bringing the animated characters, and you got to, of course, it's a lot of it's based on casting. But I think we're all really looking forward to Ahsoka, aren't we?
4: I'll be down with it. How can you not?
2: Exactly. Yeah, we didn't get. I did. They they didn't give us a release date for Ahsoka during the Star Wars celebration, did they? And and they didn't give us a Mandalorian season tr- three trailer, which I was a little bit surprised about. But that's all. It's all good. But yeah, lots of uh,
3: all Star Wars.
2: Yeah, and let let's talk about the stuff they did give us. Um, big trailer. We're not going to do trailer park music for this part because we're in the Star Wars discussion. But we got the trailer for Andor. Uh, this this, Aesop, what do you think of this trailer, man? This is uh this is a definitely a, this is like the beginning stages of the rebellion. Is that is that kind of the vibe you got out of this?
3: Yeah, yeah. Um, I m for it. I we talked about it a couple weeks ago um and the idea of just Andor altogether being a series and you know what we were going to get. Diego Luna is a treasure for this show <laughs> and I I really want to see the direction that they go. Um because I don't think we got a good uh idea of that, which is Which is fine. That's perfect. In fact, I don't want to know more. You know, I think we talked about it with uh, with Thor, you know, and how like before they even gave us any trailers. Now they're just pumping them out like crazy. Um, You know, I I would rather not know things going into it, especially with Star Wars. Star Wars, we know everything, you know, and, and to the to a point where we hate it. You know, I'm looking at you midichlorians. Can for once, we not know things. I I don't need to know uh, every last detail right away with Star Wars. So uh, this was perfect for me.
2: Tony, your thoughts on the Andor trailer and and the uh, general gist of where we're going here.
4: (sighs) I look for this one to be a lot more about itself. Does that make any sense? Whereas a lot of the things we've seen reach to other storylines whereas this should be more centralized on hey you said it this is the start of the rebellion let's focus on that i don't need to know what's going on over here and over there i want this one to be centralized on that whereas other series you know mandalorian things of that nature it's important of what's going on around that as well but i think a centralized storyline here would be great because the backstory of the Rebellion is another piece
3: that we need to tell. That was one of the best parts of Rogue One is that outside of Vader, we got nothing else really Star Wars related. That was awesome.
2: And it's one of the things that made that um, <clears throat> that movie, movie so great. I know it's like Patrick's one of his favorites of, of any of the Star Wars movies ever.
3: Uh, it but, is my favorite, like, I, hands down.
2: Yeah, I think you know, like like you're saying, Aesop. With Star Wars, we we know we know the end of the story. The compelling thing about Star Wars remains: how did we get there? And 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 the story as to how we get there. We know about the rebellion. We know, okay, we know that there's the Empire. We know that the, in this Andor trailer, you start seeing people stand up. You've got Mon Mothma involved, her kind of origin story, and how she becomes the focal point of the rebellion, like their leader of the rebellion. This is. Certainly going to tell us that story, but yeah, it's like we talk about it with Marvel a lot, like cosmic stuff versus street level stuff. This feels like a very street level series, as far as Star Wars is consor- concerned. Like Tony saying with Mandalorian, you've got all this other stuff going on with Jedi and 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 Grogu and 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 and. You know, the uh, the Mandalorians oh, and all that sort of stuff. The Boba Fett as well. Yeah, we got to throw a Boba Fett mention in. That's a bl- they should give us a commission on that shit. But anyway, this this show is like more street level as to what's happening. The origins of the rebellion. Like, I think you guys are right. Rogue, uh, you know, Rogue One. It's very much kind of cut from that same cloth. So I think this is going to be a tremendous series. And it's coming very soon. August 31st, 2022. That kind of came out of nowhere. <laughs> I, I didn't expect the release date to be that quick. Did you guys?
3: I knew it was going to be quickly. They they said it was probably going to be around that August, September part of the year. So, yeah, I wasn't super surprised.
2: I'm not going to complain. If you
3: got it, I'll take it. Yeah, if you got it, I'll take it.
2: Tony will take all the Star Wars he can get at this
4: point. It's yeah, just... it's
3: all Star Wars.
4: Yeah, more Boba. <laughs> I would love to see, like, uh, Jar Jar Binks and Boba Fett, you know, uh, buddy Series? Comedy. Ooh yeah! Or
2: let's get like the Jar Jar Binks Boba Fett holiday special. That would be perfect,
4: man.
3: Yeah, yeah fit and with we're gonna B. Arthur fit, as well. Well. Tie,
4: we'll tie Patrick to a chair and make him watch it for forty eight hours straight.
3: <laughs> yeah, where they where they just explicitly say how R two D two is inconsequential to the entire story. Yes, oh. exactly.
4: <laughs> wow, Patrick just, just Patrick just walks out the room. Misa so crazy. Misa
3: so crazy. Misa so crazy. You know. You know tomorrow when he listens to this recording, oh, we are going get a to a fucking yeah. It's going to be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Worth <laughs> every second.
2: Sure. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like it's like the equivalent of waterboarding for poor Pat there. Just like going <laughs> to
4: strap you down. He's got to listen. He's yeah, got to listen.
2: poor guy. Uh let's talk. Uh, we did get a trailer for Jedi Survivor, which is a follow-up to uh which game is this? Aesop Fallen Order, right? Yeah. Yeah, Jedi yeah. Fallen Order. Um, and I, to be completely honest, I've not played that game yet. It is on my short list of ones to play. But yeah, I remember playing Force Unleashed, which was a a fun little side story that I'm not sure whether that's canon or not. They seem to be dabbling with the idea that it it might be maybe one of these days. Je, you know, Vader kind of having a secret apprentice that no one knew about. Interesting. Did any? Did either of you guys play Fallen Order?
3: Uh, I've dabbled with it here and there i've not gotten around to finishing the whole uh whole thing but I, I will say absolutely fun game um very soulsborne-esque uh which uh i know is a super huge field of video games right now uh and they did a damn good job hell ea did a damn good job Normally that is cash grab city. And I know we'll get uh, into that a little bit later, Uh, but yeah, they did a fantastic job with the the game that they presented with a a great voice cast as well. uh, And compelling stories, you know, we're actually seeing that now in the uh, Obi-Wan series, which, uh, you know, with the third sister, you know, we have a lot of those in um, fallen order. So, uh, i i can't wait to see how they expand on it and i'll probably buy it and then not play it for like six years
2: <laughs> come back to it at the end yeah it, it seems yeah. to be the uh, us older gamers seem to have this sort of thing i, I i'm gonna buy it with a full intent of playing it and then many years later yeah i finally finished it and it's already like three games down the series from there but i'll say this man the um and I know, and they make it very clear, this is not actual gameplay, but the trailer for this thing and the, the graphics, and I understand that this is not gameplay, but even for just a cutscene, those graphics look damn close to photorealistic, didn't they? I mean, that was like, oh, yeah. I thought that's not CGI. That looks like live action. Uh, Tony, what were your thoughts on this trailer and just how close are they actually getting now to that photorealism as far as even just cutscenes are concerned?
4: Yeah, I mean, especially with the cutscenes, when you're not actually infiltrating the gameplay along with that, they're just knocking it out of the park. But even even so, I mean, we we've, we've had the, they're doing it so well in so many aspects of the game, not just the visualization, but the sound matching it and everything else. And it's going to be great. I I have not played the Star Wars games. I played one like ten years ago. I don't remember which fucking one it was. Uh, with, a little bit with DP, but I have enjoyed the fact that. In having been playing Fortnite here over the last however many months, for May the fourth week, they did throw lightsabers and blasters into Fortnite, and it was it was cool for a couple of days, and then it got old, and they got rid of it after a week. But slaying someone with a lightsaber when you're used to shooting guns all the time was pretty sweet.
2: Yeah, and, and that's you raise a.
4: You can use it to block, too. It was nice.
2: And that's something that we didn't mention in our discussion of Obi-Wan Kenobi. He's using a blaster, which is so uncivilized yes. when he's fighting off the yeah. bounty hunters because he doesn't want to fire up that lightsaber. I don't want to backtrack. But I think that was worth mentioning. You know, you're talking about blasters sure. and that sort of thing. But I think it's important to understand that although PlayStation 5s and Xbox Series Xs are still difficult to come by, um, we are still very, very early in those consoles' life cycle. And the games really haven't scratched the surface of what those consoles are capable of. And I think you see this trailer here, and you see the video rendering. And yes, I know it's a cutscene, but still, you figure... And I don't know which system that was on, whether it was on the PS5 or Xbox, or maybe an even higher-end computer. But yeah, those graphics are jaw-dropping.
3: I no, no arguments here
2: yeah i mean i'm 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 in i can't wait to i mean i play some of the star wars games and i probably need to play more because i i, I wish you know they're going to make a star wars game that's r2d2 centric that'll get patrick playing so you know that'll be awesome
3: and, hey. you know, eventually these stories are going to be canon because yeah. of uh ea or you know the the video game companies tie in with disney they're going to make this canon at some point so be prepared people
2: yeah you might want to play this to know the full story as tunny says because they're probably going to inject it into the uh the canon i cannot i can't pronounce it the canon of the uh i was going to say something else but i'm just going to stick
3: with canography isn't that what it is
2: canonical can i i don't know man (laughs) Anyway, so that's that's kind of like, uh, I mean, we could spend a lot more time talking Star Wars, but I think we want to move into the non-Star Wars edition of the trailer park to talk some trailers. Because as we mentioned earlier, there's a bunch of them that we want to get through. Uh, the only thing that, yeah, the only thing we really got Indie, Indiana Jones related was just like one scene of just Indy with the fedora on and it's okay where are you are you somewhere with more of these crystal fucking skulls or or are we somewhere cooler this time (laughs) so that's kind of the only thing i i took from that but we're going to roll this beautiful banjo music and we're going to get to the uh, trailer park the non-star wars edition of the trailer park uh let's get the banjos going in here all right guys let's talk about it this is this is uh you know this is the episode where we're not intentionally trying to piss off patrick but i think we're unintentionally going to at some point and in, in many points on here let's let's begin by talking about aesop mentioned it thor love and thunder we waited all these months for a teaser trailer now they're dropping like one a week and this one we got our first look at gore the god butcher and um some other stuff in this Thor Love and Thunder trailer, which they call the official trailer, not the teaser. Uh, you get the kind of the introduction of uh, of the mighty Thor, Jane Foster's sort of thing, whereas Thor's reaching for Mjolnir and it gets snatched away from him. And it is Jane. And they're kind of, you know, the interaction between them is kind of cute. I guess you could call it that. But uh, I, I mean, me personally, I like the teaser trailer better, but. Yeah, the, let, let's let's get to the elephant in the room. Gore the God Butcher makes his appearance, Christian Bale's character, uh, basically saying he just wants to kill all gods, and you get into that sort of situation. But a lot of discussion about the portrayal of the way Gore the God Butcher looks, and Aesop did when it came out. He puts up the uh, the album cover to Queen's News of the World.
3: And it looks like Frank the Robot, dude. He looks like Frank the Robot. You can't fight me on this.
2: No, I can't. I, I mean, there's there's some similarities there that are a little bit disturbing, but um, you know what? Uh, let me. Okay, we'll we'll come back to you and I, Aesop. Tony. You, you saw this trailer. What were your thoughts of the trailer overall? And and, and this Gore the God Butcher thing. Um, <laughs> how are you feeling about that after watching this trailer?
4: I'm okay with it, I guess. It's, um I don't. <laughs> not in love with Christian Bale I could tell you that but we'll see what happens I think the thing I love the most about seeing the trailer or a couple different trailers for this movie is the fact that it looks fun you know we've really been on a serious run here in Marvel and this looks like a kind of a mix it up let's have a little bit more fun everything's been so heavy um that that, that
3: YTT charm you know that that's Taika right there
2: can we make it Kevin Love and Thunder? I, I like that commercial.
3: That's I was good. Gonna, I was
4: good. Yeah, that was good. The Tyler Hero promo was good. They've been doing a good job with the NBA. Yes, exactly.
2: Aesop, yeah, a- 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 your thoughts on the trailer overall? And I know, you know, neither none of us are exactly feeling Gore the God Butcher. We'll have to wait and see. But yeah, I'm like looking at it and saying, man, that's Bruce Wayne. Damn it. Bruce Wayne with silver paint all over him. That's that's not what I wanted, but
3: that's, it's all right. Uh, look, you had to change up Gore. Gore in the comics does not look like that. And if for me, if I would rather have a photo uh, like a CGI version of Gore in which, you know, he's comic accurate. Or if I want practical effects, uh, you know, version, give me the practical effects every time. I think he looks good. I, I actually don't hate on the fact that he looks like Frank, the robot but he does look like Frank the robot uh, with some touches of like Kratos from God of war in there as well. Yes. There uh, you go. But uh, overall I'm excited for it. I think this looks great. I thought we had some, a lot of fun. Like uh, PC said, it, it definitely doesn't feel like we took a step back from Ragnarok, which is awesome. Uh, I am intrigued by the number of gods we are going to get as well. you know we've we've made mention to Zeus many a times. obviously we're going to get some more Norse uh gods as well. If you saw in uh, on the poster, uh, they recognized the actress who played Lady Sif uh, so she's coming back, which I think is. Kind of big news because you know we were wondering where the hell she went in the you know past couple movies. Um, this is going to be a good time. Oh, and uh, Moon Knight as well. We got Moon Knight and Wakanda and gods. Uh, so let's go. Let's see how many gods we can actually kill with uh, gore. And with the way that uh, Taika Waititi has said that this is the most terrifying villain he has yet he has seen. All right, prove it. Put up or shut up, people.
2: That's saying a lot, considering how badass Hela was in in Ragnarok and everything yeah. that she wrought upon Asgard with her with her wrath and all that sort of thing. Uh, yeah, that's. I, I like who's at core. Is that his name? The guy who's kind of narrating the core, narrating the beginning of Thor. He went from dad bod to god bod. You know, <laughs> it's like, and then, and then yeah, you've got Zeus kind of like trying to strip away his clothing, and, and he does too much of it, and and uh, you've got valkyrie and uh and jane foster is sitting there saying should we help him It's like oh later you know you want a grape and they're just kind of watching thor's nakedness and uh i think i think tunny brought up a great point it's a fun trailer this looks like it's going to be a fun movie uh you know they're going to dabble in some darker elements clearly because gore's going to be going around slaying gods everywhere you know With,
3: who also just has a tragic story altogether which i i would assume that they don't stray too far from.
2: Right. Yeah. I, I think the, I think they've got to make you gotta give why is he so mad and killing all these gods and how is he able to do that? So his his role in this and how they explain that is going to be very interesting to watch. But yeah, it's it's a cool trailer. I tend to agree with you, Aesop. Yeah, he look you know, Gord may not look like we thought he would because they strayed from the comics. But yeah, really, if you're gonna do a CGI version or you're gonna add some actual realism to this then you know yeah christian bale comes across kind of a kind of creepy in this whole thing so good stuff there that's going to be yeah that's coming out just wow we're like a month and a half away from that so not far away from a thor love and thunder or kevin love and thunder or whatever kind of love and thunder you want let's um let's talk about the other trailers uh we got what is this the seventh mission impossible installment dead reckoning and it's like it's like Deathly Hallows. Now it's Dead Reckoning Part 1 and Dead Reckoning Part 2. I'm guessing this is the culmination of the Mission Impossible stories, uh, at least the Tom Cruise variation. I haven't seen a bunch of these. I've seen a few of them. I've always thought they're good, but I haven't like watched them religiously. Uh, this trailer looked fun, though. Are you guys Mission Impossible fans? And if so, what are your thoughts on this?
3: Well, PC's shaking his head no. Uh, well, I'll, I'll come and bring a breath of... Life, uh, This is a series that does not die, and it's for the better, because they have all, outside of maybe Mission Impossible 2, been fairly solid movies across the board, which is surprising, because you can only do so much, but they've done a great job bringing in fantastic cast. You know, I love the addition of Simon Pegg. He's a just Makes movies in that, uh, in that, uh, like that helper role, that secondary character. You bring back Ving Rames, who is easily one of the more popular characters from the original, uh, as well. And I, Tom Cruise looks fucking good for being what is he late 50s, right? Is that isn't that where he's at? Yeah, Early he- 50s. I- He's in his fifties regardless.
2: Tom's having a pretty big weekend right now with, uh, with Maverick uh, doing really, really well in the box office. And, and, and yeah, I got to try and get to the movie theaters to see that, but I'm
3: saying that tomorrow.
2: Oh, you're the man. I, I might try to do it today, maybe this afternoon, but uh, yeah, I, I think like you're saying, ASAP, I've seen a few of the mission impossibles. They're all really good. You know, they're not, they're not there's no clunkers really uh, that I can recall. It's just like, it's one of those series that it's like you kind of watch it, then you go away, then you come back to it later on. But uh, I thought this trailer looked pretty good. Tony, you're not a Mission Impossible fan, I am. I'm, I'm assuming. Is that correct?
4: I'm not a big Tom Cruise fan. Um, he's 59. Uh, he'll be 60 in July. Shit, he's almost 60.
3: Uh, That's nuts.
4: Yeah. It's just Last
3: Samurai was pretty good.
2: <laughs> we know how we know how much Tunny loves. Absolutely loves Top Gun. So anyway uh let's uh we'll we'll we will leave mission impossible behind i think what that's coming next year part one we're not sure when but sometime in twenty twenty three Aesop, you shared a a trailer with us uh baymax has got a a kind of a new trailer going on the upcoming series based off of uh, what was it? Big hero. Is that the yeah, big hero six, right? Big hero six. And, and Baymax, of course, the, the sleeper, most popular character in that whole thing. And now we've got his own, this is a movie, isn't it? It's not a series. It's a movie. It's, it's
3: a series. Is it Okay. I'm way. Yeah, on.
2: I can't. That's a problem nowadays. You can't keep track. Is it a movie? Is it a series? You know, that sort of thing. Uh, so what you, you share this thing. What were your thoughts on this, uh, this uh, trailer and, and your thoughts on the Baymax series in general?
3: First and foremost, uh, Big Hero 6 is a very much a slept-on uh, Pixar movie. It is far better than people like to give it credit for, with some engaging characters, one being Baymax. I will say I think they're doing themselves a big disservice by making this a series rather than a, a one-off movie. I have a feeling like this is going to be too much, and you're not going to have the same type of content or uh, emotional attachment similar to like what they did. uh, I don't know if it was that uh, late last year with monsters at work, the, uh, you know, monsters Inc spinoff TV show, like no one cares. No one cares. And they're lucky because I think Baymax has so much personality Uh, then it might be able to save it a little bit. But man, this would have been far better off being, uh, you know, hour 45 movie than, you know, six, seven, eight episodes at, you know, half hour, 40 minutes.
2: No, you raise a really good point. I'm going to kick it over to Tony. You know, I know we've talked about Tony. you've talked about series and, and how some things play better to the sort of streaming model, but like Aesop's raising a good point that Baymax, there might not be enough meat on the bone to justify an entire series. Um, first off, are, are you a big hero six fan? If so, what do you think about, you know, with what Asop's saying should this have been made into like an hour and 45 minute long movie rather than an
4: entire series? I'm not a big fan, but I completely understand where Aesop's coming from. Whereas you can really tighten things up and, for sure knock something out of the park as opposed to now we're kind of skeptical if we can fill in that much time. I think that's where he's coming from there. And I agree with him. I definitely agree with that. This is something I probably won't be watching, but um, I agree with the sentiment there.
2: And I, I tend to think I agree with it, uh, with ASAP as well, that it's um, it's a fun character, you know, but when you, you get to the point where you got, you're now dabbling in this whole situation where, we don't want to turn everything into a series. Some things are going to play better. I was, Go ahead. Yeah. Asom.
3: I was just going to say that, like I do have some series fatigue. Can, can we turn these things into movies? Can we, because man, uh, and we'll, we're, I'm, we're just about to talk about that with our next trailer that, that is made to be a movie that is not made to be a series in my opinion. Right. Um, and Sometimes it works, but other times then it kills something like, you know, look at, uh, age of resistance, dark crystal. That was a fantastic series, but because it was a series, it did not get the same attention that it could have been if it was say a movie. And you know, I, I don't, I don't know how to feel. Um, I unfortunately this is a trend that's just not going to die anytime soon. In fact, the it's probably going to increase with the way that uh so many different uh streaming services have been going and you know making money. They're gonna make just streaming um uh sorry, series and content through that. Which well, but
2: No, you're you're right. And I think this is this is part of the post I mean, I know the pandemic's still going on, but I'm using the term post pandemic very broadly here, guys. So Please send your hate tweets to at wrestling realist. Uh, if I'm saying anything here that pisses you off, just, you know, keep that in mind. <laughs> but no, just they,
3: make sure you tag at Patrick O'Dowd as well. Yeah, that's,
2: no. Um, the thing is that I, I think, you know, the the rise in popularity of of uh, of series and streaming really. I mean, it was already going. But let's be honest, when COVID hit, that went through the roof because everything then shifted from movies. Let's put it out on streaming because we've got this platform. People can't go to the theaters theaters. Let's use this platform. And now, and I don't know, do you guys feel like maybe they're using these streaming services as kind of like a crutch where they're just saying, Hey, It's easier just to put this out as a series and and not worry about, is it safer than putting it in the theaters? Because we don't really know how it's going to do, how it's going to translate over there. Are people going to show? Are they not going to show? Do you feel like that's an issue?
4: Probably. The the safety net in doing a streaming series is, if you know it's good, by the end of it, all the people are going to have watched it. If you throw something in the movie theater and you don't have good numbers the first couple weekends, you fail.
2: Aesop, you agree with that?
3: There's also more money involved. Because if it's good, you just keep adding series, which is just more money, more money, more money, more money, more money. And you could do that in the movie theater. Uh, It's not in the same way. And there's less promotional uh, stuff as well, advertisement Uh, You know, with movies, you have to advertise the hell out of that. You can't just come out and, you know, do nothing. Look at something like The Northman, which is, you know, a fantastic movie, but it's not making any money right now because the advertisement is just not, you know, not what it is compared to Doctor Strange 2. Well, there's a difference in streaming advertisement for a movie and advertisement for a movie in the theater, though. Well that but that's what we're talking about. It, right, but I'm talking about the difference between a series as well though. Oh, I I'm talking strictly movie uh, to movie okay. I got like you. movie like theater movie to uh sure. to series like streaming series. Yep. And well, that's that's a fair statement too, but I um again, I feel like Baymax would have been better as a the- theatrical release.
2: And well, let's talk about the next the last two trailers we're going to talk about one of them's a movie one of them's a streaming series that's coming up. You could make arguments both ways that well you could turn a turned one you could have turned one into a streaming you could have turned the other into a uh, into a movie and and you could make arguments for both, but the first one is one i didn't even know about this till Aesop shared this trailer. I had no idea this movie was even a thing uh the gray Man, which is actually coming out july fifteenth twenty twenty two Chris Evans sporting a porn stash that they even make fun of in the trailer, which is excellent.
3: Gnarly. And
2: and Ryan Gosling, uh, you know, as part of this uh, this thing. And man, this is a very interesting sort of movie that they got coming up. Um, Aesop, you shared this thing, so I'll turn it over to you first. What about, I mean, I didn't know about it until I watched the trailer that you shared. And I'm like, oh, I'm in. Uh, but what about this thing really grabs your attention?
3: It has a... Similar feeling to uh, Drive, uh, which, you know, people lauded uh Ryan Gosling for. And I, I think it has that same sort of potential to be something like that. Now, I, I believe that's a Netflix movie, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Which, you know, we were we were talking about this not too long ago. Netflix just like collapsing in on itself uh, almost. And with the way that they've kind of just, you know, kicked it into overdrive, you know, getting that movies like The Gray Man out there. uh, Obviously, they they won the bidding war for Knives Out 2 and 3, which, fuck, the first Knives Out is one of my favorite movies uh, of, you know, the like recent five years, I would say, if not maybe longer. You know, they're they're coming out strong. And to me, this is a strong movie.
2: Yeah, Tony, what did you think of this trailer and did you know that this project was coming was it out there or, or if you didn't then what you, are are you in after watching this uh trailer like I am?
4: I had no idea and don't really care.
2: <laughs> Tony just raining on our parade, ASAP. you know. That's... Sorry. Just What are you and... good
3: for sometimes, Tony? Jeez.
2: Wow. <gasps> Free movie good tickets. God, Free yo, movie absolutely tickets.
3: Absolutely nothing. Say it again.
2: <laughs> uh i i dug the the uh trailer a lot the uh the notion of of chris evans of captain america being a heel for the first time since he was what lucas lee and scott pilgrim um kind of is gonna be cool man that's gonna be that's gonna be some uh fun stuff man uh tony's checking out on us oh well he's got he's got some business to tend to aesop is just me and you to bring this this puppy home man Let's but i do it i think we can handle that that's that's gonna be okay well
3: He knew we were uh, we're about to talk Willow, and there is no chance he cares about this show at all.
2: And and I got it here. We're going to talk the Willow trailer, which came out during Star Wars Celebration. I got to be honest with you. I'm probably going to incur your wrath. I know I will incur the wrath of Mr. O'Dowd, so I apologize, and I am going to brace myself for this tomorrow. But... I was never the hugest Willow fan when I was a kid. I, I just, it's, okay. it's something I watch, And maybe it's because I haven't watched the movie in a really, really long time. I know I'm pretty sure. I think if I remember Patrick in our conversations in the past, I think he really was a, a much bigger Willow fan than I am. So I'd be curious. Hopefully we'll get his thoughts on this when he uh, comes back from assignment as to his thoughts on the Willow, Willow series. Um, I guess I, I'll start this. Uh, I mean, granted a i'm not the biggest willow fan in the world the series the trailer did intrigue me but it's like i'm looking at this trailer and i'm thinking can i get lord of the rings instead you know this is what i'm really wanting to see more than anything um but at the same time it's it's a trailer that's like you know maybe i need to like stop go back watch the movie kind of get immersed into that world again so that's just my thoughts about it sorry pat Please don't hurt me. Um, but I do want to turn it over to you, Aesop, to, to see what what do you think? Are you a big Willow fan? And if so, are you all in on this series?
3: Well, as I was saying before, I do like Willow. I really enjoy that movie. Um, now, I look at this trailer and I go, Man, I wish this was a movie and not a series. I don't need that much Willow content. I think... Uh, I think it'd be a lot better as a, as a film. And now again, I will gladly be wrong. You know, if I watch it and I go, Oh yeah, that's, that's, that's some good Willow. That's some good uh, Warwick <laughs> Davis right there. Um, I, I'm a little concerned uh, for Val Kilmer. I don't, He is supposedly a big part of this series. Val Kilmer is in rough shape. You know, like, what, what does he have? Like, throat cancer or something like yeah. that, right? Yeah. And, uh, you know, by I wish him speedy recovery. But if they're going to be like, if they're going to be bringing back Mad Mardigan, he better be old Mad Mardigan. Cause, like, that was one of the charming, uh, you know, qualities of that movie is the character work uh, between that and even like some of the the lesser ones, like, like the brownies you know which are obviously going to get changed up because basically all they did was do Cheech Marin impressions the entire time but um yeah i i i'll watch it i'll definitely watch it but i think it's going to linger in my brain how much i would rather have this be a film than i would a series
2: yeah, and I don't know how much lore there is as far as Willows, but it might, like you look at this thing we keep coming back to: series versus movie. You know, something like Wheel of Time. Okay, there's way too much content to try and make a movie out of that. Tailor made for a series, that sort of thing. Um, you know, Halo, which you know, okay, I could see that being made in a series, and obviously it, it was, and and that sort of thing. Willow's kind of one of those things that, yeah, if this is a spiritual successor to the original, then why aren't we just calling it Willow Two? Putting it out in movie theaters and saying, "Here you go," um, you, you raise you raise a good point. I don't know if there's enough. Again, it's it's like that. It's a cliched saying, but is there enough meat on the bone to justify a series out of this thing? And and I don't know.
3: I, I know there are a fair amount of books, so there is content for it, and I, I believe the books even had some tie-in with George Lucas. He directed the first one. But I I believe Lucas helped write the books or something, like something along those lines. So, uh, you know, we'll have to wait and see what this means. But, yeah, uh, yeah, again, I I don't think – I'm glad you understand my sentiment. I I just worry about all these series altogether, though. I think – I think there is some fatigue there and maybe it's just because we have this binge watch culture going on that, you know, again, it's just not going to die anytime soon. But man, I I was thinking the same thing with Obi-Wan when I was watching it. I was like, some of these are under 50 minutes, right? That's that fucking sucks. (laughs) I think
2: this show is a good barometer of that series fatigue. You're talking about the reason why, Patrick raises a good point as to why he doesn't want to review multiple shows at once. Cause it does get fatiguing. It, it, it gets fatiguing to discuss it, to try and review them in the capacity of, Hey, we got multiple series coming up. But yeah, I mean, you look at the slate that's coming up and, and you know, like we're going through, we're going through Obi-Wan right now. Okay. We got the boys coming up this week in the background. Those of us who are fans are going to be watching stranger things. You got miss Marvel coming up in a couple weeks. You got umbrella Academy coming up at the end of the month uh, at the end of june that's those are what five pretty heavy hitting streaming series all colliding at once and yeah i mean you're right there is a binge watch culture but the only one of those series well no i take that back two of them uh you know stranger things and um umbrella academy will be bingeable the rest of them are periodic releases that sort of thing but you're right it does you know you can't make everything a series because how do you stagger those things out so you don't have even super nerds like us you do get tired after a while and i think that's you know and this is where i agree with pat that you know yeah let's not try and cover too much at once because it just gets too difficult to try and encapsulate all this stuff and it gets tiring you know i don't know about you but it's like all right i'm tired you know that sort of thing so yeah turning everything into a series is um Is a problem where as opposed to, hey, I'll go to the movies for two, two and a half hours and be done with it.
3: Yeah, which, you know, wasn't that one of the things that enticed us about the series, right? Like, oh, I can I can watch one episode and it's going to be 50 minutes like that's awesome. You know, now we're at the point, though, where we again, this binge watch culture where. God, I got to watch all 9 episodes of Halo on a Saturday because Dave wanted me to review it and I, I was like, <laughs> shit. Even though I watched the, you know, a couple already, I, I figure i just watch them all again so I can get them fresh in my mind. You know, <laughs> but that that was you know, what? Uh 8 hours in my in my day that, you know, some people might say they never get back. Did you did <laughs> you the,
2: Did you finish yeah, Halo? I did. All right. Did. Before we take our second break, let's let what as the series came to an end. What were your thoughts on where we ended up? Season one very uneven, lots of issues with the gamers everywhere. Um, I told you it's like well, it's cool that the game's version of Master Chief showed up at the very end, but he's dead and Cortana's taken over. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, I like the series. I will say, I will maintain this. I liked the series. I didn't hate it. I liked it. Did I love it? No. I liked it. Do I want to see where they go in season two? Yeah, I kind of want to see when Master Chief, you know, kind of when John comes back and Cortana-infused Master Chief goes away. I did like the fact that we didn't have any Quan in the season finale. Fine. Get her the fuck out of here. We didn't need any of that stuff. It was very focused on what it needed to focus on for the season finale. Your thoughts, I mean, before we go to the second break, Halo season one, how'd you feel about it in the end?
3: Started off very strong. That episode one was, was quite fun. It did Peter off at episode two, three, four. And I, I, I can't remember if that was four or five where it's just all Quan. why no one wants that. No one wants to see her. I'm sorry. I get it. She's pretty pivotal to the story, but it was so disjointed at that point, And, I did find it a little puzzling that they never got back together once they separated. And then you had, uh, Kwan and, uh, Soren, uh, Bukin Woodbine's character, you know, just kind of working together for the rest of the time. It was like, what? Uh, okay. Um, I will say I will, probably the final two episodes were really good yeah. and which helped. And it wasn't just the one episode. Cause that, that, blows um it, that was pretty good i was so happy to see dr halsey's assistant ashton die because fuck that guy D- like there were again some really weird choices right like that guy when um i realized that they were trying to tease this thing where he's got like love and affection for dr halsey so then when they made that clone and he tries to like randomly kiss her at one point that that was just like no no get that the fuck out of here Um, I I look forward to seeing what they're doing I'll watch it again Um, my personal take you don't need backstory don't give me backstory explain things sure flashbacks I'm done with it Uh, that is one of the tropes of these series things especially in these series, that I am quite sick of. We don't need flashbacks. Leave it out and just get to these series. Um, and trust trust Halo. Master Chief is an iconic character who didn't do much in the game uh, vocally, but why couldn't you adopt that a little bit more? Yeah, That's I, just me.
2: Why'd you wait until the final 15 minutes of Season 1 to go into... To get that. I mean, the video game segments, which are difficult to do, I thought they did those pretty well. The action, the set pieces, and the action was very well done. Uh, very, I think gamers out there were very satisfied with it. But I don't want to get too deep into Halo because I can already hear Patrick saying, You just said you shouldn't review multiple shows, and now you're doing it here. So. No we're,
3: one fucking cares. Ah. <laughs> That's
2: right. Uh, no, I just, I, I, the only reason we're doing it is because I did kind of ask Aesop, hey, what'd you think of Halo? And I know you did go and you went through the trouble of reviewing it all for this show. So we might as well talk about it. So
3: yeah, I, I think, got about halfway through, I got about halfway through and then I, I had other stuff taking my time. So I, it was like, well, I could either watch the last four episodes or I could go back and watch the whole thing. So I I did the arduous task of rewatching the whole series in in a morning and afternoon.
2: I think that warrants discussion. Therefore, I'm okay with talking about it. But we are going to take our second commercial break. Then we're going to come back. Asop and I'll touch on a few little news items, and uh, and then we will get on out of here. But you are listening to Bandwagon Nerds, which is a part of the ChairShot Radio Network. Here on the dot com. I guess I'm going to have to do the pitch. For if you enjoy the content that we're doing and you like what we're doing and we put out a lot of content on the chairshot.com, make sure you're going to com forward slash the chairshot where we have a plethora of shirts out there that you can purchase all sorts of sayings, slogans, things of various natures. You never know what kind of shirt that Aesop will have greenlit on that site. You know, there's there's a lot of those out there, but They're generally $19.99. You can pay a few few dollars more and get it soft style, which may or may not feel better on your giblets, as Patrick O'Dowd would say. And just saying the word giblets just kind of makes me a little uneasy. But, you know, that's just (laughs) me. But, yeah, you can go there, support the cause, buy a chair shot shirt. You can even get the Bandwagon Nerd shirt and support the cause there. But, uh, yeah, once again, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash chair shot. When we come back from this commercial break, a little news that Aesop and I are going to talk about, but you're listening to Bandwagon Nerds, a part of the Chairshot Radio Network, right here on the Chairshot.com.
0: This is your boy Kenny Killer telling you to make sure you check out the bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore. Everything Pro Wrestling. Make sure you check it out, com. All
2: right, Aesop, you mentioned it earlier. We got uh, some interesting news. You were, you were talking about EA earlier, and EA's been in the news quite a bit this week for, I don't know about the wrong reasons. As far as they're concerned, it's the right reasons. But the big question is, is 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 lurking out there, Electronic Arts, whether you love them or not, and I know there's a lot of people out there who hate them because of what's happened to Madden and uh, some of the other series that they've done. You know, they did Star Wars. Star Wars, yeah, they've got they've done some things right, like they didn't completely shit the bed when they took over the F one series. Bravo, guys! Madden is another story. Their NHL series is still pretty solid. That's that's, uh, but their FIFA now or whatever it's called now that the FIFA license is gone.
3: Well, hold on, I'll. Quickly chime in on that. That's FIFA. That's not EA. Yeah, that's FIFA's right. FIFA's being cocks. Right. And, and and
2: EA doesn't care because they've still got the licensing rights with all the actual clubs and all the players. All they lost was the ability to call themselves FIFA. Who gives a shit? You know, if I can still have Bayern Munich, but it's called EA Soccer fine
3: <laughs> Who cares? <EA> football 2000
2: <laughs> yeah no one's gonna care as long as we've got the licensed uh teams and players and that thing so yeah fifa like you said is just a dick but all that aside ea still one of the largest gaming companies in the world uh the fact that they're looking to and, and and we've heard a lot of different things are they for sale are they looking to be for a merger This is a day and age Asop, where we're seeing a lot of big mergers going on with video game companies, a lot of things consolidating. Um, What are your thoughts on this? Is EA up for sale and, and, and is this something for the industry to be worried about or is it just a business opportunity for electronic arts out there?
3: This is huge. EA has a lot connected to them and you know we talked about things like um you know bethesda getting bought out uh by microsoft I and mean, microsoft just buying up a lot of things in the first place it, if ea is truly up for sale that would it, we, we just had it not too long ago i forget um what company got bought out that was you know record-breaking
2: activision and blizzard got bought out by somebody right was
3: it, yeah what, but was it was it Blizzard altogether that uh, that really shook the ground? I can't remember exactly. It doesn't matter. All I'm saying is, is if EA is true, there for sale, you're going to have an even bigger acquisition number. That is going to be record setting with the amount of properties that EA owns and basically every legitimate sport game, which just pumps money every year. I mean, the the industry has already changed drastically. This will change again. And we're going to start seeing some type of weird monopoly shit, I think, Uh, because Sony's already proven that they do not want to work with the other companies. Um, You know, now Nintendo and Microsoft have a decent partnership, so that benefits them. But you know, not something like Bethesda. You're not going to see, um, what's it called uh, on PlayStation, like Fallout or, uh, you know, Elder Scrolls. Those are huge titles. Uh, you know, Doom, the Doom uh, and Doom Eternal were huge titles again, owned by Bethesda. You're not going to see that on on PlayStation because you know they don't want to work with them. And to think that you might not see something like NBA 2K or Madden on one of these consoles. Holy fuck. Yeah, Holy fuck.
2: Yeah, you're talking. I mean, and there's so many people who play Madden on, on you know, whether they're playing it on the PlayStation or or the Xbox. We, let's be honest. A lot of people aren't doing it on Switch, that sort of thing. But but I think, yeah, I mean, you're looking at, and and I'm just looking at some stats here, Aesop, just for context for people. 2022 alone has seen the two largest. Am I looking at this right? The two largest acquisitions yeah. uh, yes. in in video game history: Microsoft acquiring Activision Blizzard this year, sixty eight point seven billion billion. Uh, Take Two Interactive got Zynga. Was it Zynga like Farmville and that sort of shit?
3: Holy uh, shit!
2: For in this year for twelve point seven billion.
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'm going to tell you right now, if EA is truly up for sale, I expect it to be $15 billion.
2: Here's another one. You mentioned Sony Interactive acquired Bungie this year for $3.6 That's interesting. Bungie, of course, for those of you who we were talking Halo a few minutes ago, Bungie's the ones who developed Halo in the first place. Now, yes, 343 took it over many years ago. But yeah, I mean, you're talking Sony acquiring the guys who developed uh, didn't Bungie develop destiny as well i'm pretty sure yep. that, that so that happened this year as well yeah if you get electronic arts getting bought by i don't know who they're looking for maybe i think i've heard disney as one of them but disney yeah, really, i've also
3: heard disney and apple yeah
2: those are massive you look at those two those are two of the biggest companies that could possibly exist out there between disney and apple and my lord um So, yeah, Electronic Arts is still a major, major, major player in the video game industry. If they're really looking for a merger deal like what we've talked about here, it's uh, industry shifting for sure. Like you're saying, ASAP
3: again, I wouldn't even be surprised if it's more than 15 billion. I could easily see that going to 20 billion. And that's an insane number. Like, holy shit. Like that is a seismic event of epic proportions that is a 12 on the richter scale uh, that that would just be monumental and legitimately would put you know a certain console or you know company out in front and it could kill one of the consoles now you know nintendo's kind of saved because you know they they are geared towards a different audience, right? And, you know, they, they have their content, but imagining something like Microsoft not having any of those EA sports games on their Xboxes. Oh my God. Oh my God.
2: Yeah. That's, that's uh that is a definite industry shift. I mean, I would imagine if you get like Disney or Apple buying EA, it's going to beat this take two Zynga. Uh, I think yeah, you'll exceed twelve point seven billion. Now you're not going to get the Microsoft Activision numbers because those are ridiculous. I mean that sixty eight point seven billion that's that's insane. But you know you're talking the guys who develop World of Warcraft, which is still going twenty years later and still adding expansions. The guys who do Diablo, the guys who do Overwatch, uh, the guys who do Starcraft. So that's that's a little bit of a different sort does, of does
3: does um. Uh call of duty fall underneath that ea banner as well uh,
2: who does call of duty isn't that bethesda
3: i'm not sure if it's bethesda. no that's not that's not bethesda i i know that uh like treyarch and uh whatever the, the other like studio itself but i wanna say it, it's somewhere in there uh regardless if again there's another one though that holy shit you don't have you know call of duty potentially on these things yeah. um
2: yeah i'm trying yeah. i'm looking at okay so who's call of duty uh activision there you go so oh well, shit there you go so that's that's that's, that's another money. another reason why that's 68.7 billion and you're talking some of the biggest franchises known to man between world of warcraft and call of duty holy shit uh,
3: Overwatch. Overwatch, well. yeah.
2: I mean, yeah, that's a lot of stuff there. But yeah, I mean, it, it's we'll have to keep an eye on that. I don't think it sounds like everything we're reading uh, is like EA is not looking for a complete flat-out buyout. They're looking to merge with somebody and leverage their – they're not going anywhere. EA is not going anywhere. Don't don't worry about They'd that. They'd be insane. Yeah, they, it, but they're not going anywhere. But where they end up is the bigger question right now as far as where this is going. Big, big stuff happening in the video game industry. Um, shifting over to Marvel real quick, we got news about Loki Season 2. Not only is it coming back, ASAP, but the gang's all here. Tom Hiddleston confirming that everybody from Loki Season 1, everybody's coming back for Loki Season 2. Uh, we don't have any details as far as release dates and that sort of thing, but what do you think, man? I mean, they're bringing the whole crew back for Loki Season 2. Can- Can- I know it's exciting. Or
3: alligator Loki. That's what we're talking about.
2: <laughs> yeah. But when we say everybody does, we mean all the CGI guys as well. But uh, yeah, better. Yeah. It's 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 great that, you know, we weren't sure whether we we're going to get a season two of Loki. Not only are we getting it, but it's a full compliment of everybody involved. Uh, I'm fascinated to see where the story goes and how by the time we get there, how will they have fucked the multiverse up at that point in time?
3: Yeah. Um, well, you know, as long as we're not trying to bank on another Morbius sequel, that's all I don't care about.
2: Why you got? Why you got to bring him into this conversation, man? We are doing well, and now he's he relevant.
3: Got... Did you? Didn't you see my post earlier? I it's did. Morbin time. Oh, God, <laughs> so good. I told uh, you, I,
2: I'm still going to gift you that uh, that triple pack of Morbius and the two Venom movies, man. I...
3: <laughs> oh fuck. Uh, they, I don't. I don't know if you saw they. Um, uh, Morbius actually was in the news uh, this week. He uh, the movie itself was actually streaming for multiple days on Twitch, uh, and eventually they they shut it down. Uh, and I think that it went so long because of the fact it's bombed so fucking hard. <laughs> so, it's streaming,
2: but no one's watching it. So
3: <laughs> on Twitch, no one. It's free. Damn it! Please, please watch
2: our trash. Please, we're begging you. Uh, But, yeah, it's going to be cool to have season two of Loki with everybody back. I assume we're going to get some more Kang. I assume we're going to get some more uh, Selvi, or I think that was her name. I forget. Sylvie. Sylvie. Sylvie? Thank you. Yeah.
3: uh, Now, I wonder about Kang, because depending on when Loki season two drops, we do have Quantumania coming up. And Quantum Mania has already stated that Kang is going to be that bad guy, the antagonist. So, I, is he going to be there? I don't know. I know that Jonathan Majors uh, didn't exactly play the bad guy Kang, right? He played a, you know a different version of him. But I, there's a strong probability that Kang's just gone, you know. And it's, depending on when Loki season two drops.
2: Yeah, we'll have to see about where we are story-wise. And yeah, where are we multiverse-wise and where is everything falling by the time we get to Loki season two, which I'm going to guess 2024 asap. I don't think 2023 might be a little bit soon to hope for Loki season two. I'm guessing 2024?
3: I, I don't know. Again, if that's the case, then there's no chance that you get Kang, yeah. in my opinion.
2: Yeah. And who knows? We don't know. We don't know. We don't have details as to what they filmed, how far along they are. Maybe latter part of 2023. We'll see what happens there. But uh, I-, I did want to turn the last little news bit that we're going to talk about. Uh, it is. I know Tony and I talked about it last week with the uh, She-Hulk trailer and the uproar, uh, especially amongst our good friend Aesop Mitchell, about the CGI of the She-Hulk trailer. And now Disney apparently heard Asop. And said, "We got to do something." The fabled one is pissed, and I guess they kind of fixed the CGI in the trailer. Are, are you are you feeling better about things now, Aesop? Or, or how are you feeling, man?
3: Look, uh, first of all, I know I got a bunch of fucking flack from Mister O'Dowd on this. All I said was that the CGI didn't look all that great. I said they had more than enough time to touch it up, and they were probably going to do. You so. were
2: not. You were not alone, obviously. Yeah. So.
3: Look, it does look better, though. It absolutely does look better. It looks like uh, the actress... Muslani, um, uh, I know that's her last name. Uh, and I'm I'm more game for this show now. Uh, I'm more game. You know, She-Hulk does not look like the Hulk. She looks like Je- uh, Jessica Walters. And... Jessica Walters, that's right? No, that's Je- not Jennifer.
2: Jennifer Walters. Jennifer
3: Walters. Jessica Walters is like the actress. Um, yeah, Je- she looks like Jennifer Walters. So make her look like Jennifer Walters. Don't give her this, you know, caveman Neanderthal face that honestly looked like a CGI from, you know, 10 years ago. It, it did not look good to start and, uh, I'm glad they touched it up. Uh, I, Don't think they need to be this quick on it, though. Um, But whatever. Way to go, Disney. I'll take it. I'm not going to complain. Saw the same thing with uh, Sonic, right? And look how well that turned out for him.
2: Yeah, I mean, do you you feel like maybe they kind of like mailed in that first trailer and didn't put a lot of thought into people how scrutinized they might be by eagle eyed observers such as yourself and a bunch of other people out there is like, hey, this shit looks like crap, man. Uh, that you guys got to fix this up, and, and they, they, yeah, the response was shockingly fast.
3: Yeah, again, I think it's an overcorrection. I don't think they needed to get that wild. I didn't need it immediately, and I, I guess the internet, you know, the uh, internet community required them to do that, uh, which you know, whatever. But I, I mean, you could have came out later on you get it all the time with video games, you know, video games say like, Oh, look at the graphics on this trailer. Uh, why, why couldn't you have done that with, uh, you know, the TV series as well.
2: How many video games get patched multiple times after their release because of a multitude of issues. Uh, this one, I, I mean, I, 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 saw, I know Tony and I talked about it last week. I was like, ah, let's see what the final product looks like before we get completely bent out of shape about. Sure. This CGI. That looks 10 years old, you know, <laughs> that sort of thing. But yeah, they heard, they heard Aesop. They fixed it. I, I'm giving Aesop full credit for this course correction, and I, I think I'm going to roll with that. But that that's really kind of, you know, we've talked about a lot of Star Wars news, a lot of trailers, a lot of just little news bits. Uh, before we cut out of here, uh, I guess we got to talk about Ray Liotta, uh, a legendary actor who we lost this week. Died in his sleep filming, where was he, Dominican Republic or, or somewhere, Puerto Rico? Something
3: like that, Puerto Rico, I think. Yeah,
2: filming a movie, Ray Liotta, of course, uh, from um, Field of Dreams. He was Henry Hill in Goodfellas, probably this most well-known role. A very beloved actor. Sucks, 67, a little bit young to be dying in your sleep, but um, yeah. Your thoughts on, on the one and only Ray Liotta, Aesop, if you have any.
3: Yeah, it it sucks. I'm happy that he passed in his sleep because we've been unfortunately talking a lot of deaths lately and they have been not so pleasant. Uh, So if if I have to find some type of solace, silver lining, that's what I'm going to feel. Uh, Also, I'm never going to have to see his eighteen hundred tequila commercials ever again.
2: (laughs) Well, I guess that is sort of a silver lining, but uh, yeah, that's
3: silver tequila,
2: silver tequila lining. Uh, You know, Aesop raises, he mentioned it there. I I think we would be remiss in cutting off this show with not without at least not acknowledging what's happened this past week. And I know we're not going to get political on on this discussion because that's just not who I am. I've dealt with politics too much in my life to deal with it on this on this show. But uh, yeah, really bad. Bad few weeks, lots of mass shootings. Of course, what happened in Uvalde, Texas. I you know, I got no words for it other than like like, you know, listening to Steve Kerr. and you know, something's gotta change. You know, something's gotta change. Somebody's gotta do something. You gotta come up with something. This isn't about the Second Amendment anymore. This isn't about your right to bear arms. This is about the right the right of people to purchase a specific type of arm that is killing children. And a lot of other people all the time. You gotta do something about that i it's 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 enough you know i mean it's just you know you watch it what happened down there and i mean our thoughts and prayers and condolences to the everybody down there it's just it's ridiculous and and you look at buffalo you look at what happened here in california now you got this shit in texas uh you just go back sandy hook las vegas it's it's all the same kind of weapon and i know people are fucked up and I know they're insane, and I know mental health is a big issue as well. And nobody sane goes into a elementary school and blows kids away. Fine, but it's giving them the ability to do that, that's a problem. And I don't know, man, I'll turn it over to you. Those are just my thoughts on on a just a really shitty situation all the way around.
3: Look at the process you have to go to register a car. Look at the process that pe- uh, women have to go through. To have an abortion, look at the process that people have to go through to buy a gun. It is substantially less time. That's what I'm going to say. Shit doesn't need to change, it needs to be better. And it just, I'm not trying to take away firearms from people. I may, you know, don't believe in having well, one, you know, whatever. But, the process itself needs to change and I, I don't need to say any more to the matter because it'll just make me more furious.
2: No, you're right. The, the process, you know, background checks and invading people's privacy. You know, when you balance that against 19 people getting gunned down senselessly for no reason, I, you know, yeah, you got it. You got to do it. It should not be as easy to get a weapon, a lethal weapon, you know, it shouldn't be easier to do that than to register to vote. You know, that sort of thing. That's ridiculous. Something's got to, somebody's got to do something about that.
3: Man. The, on, the only lethal weapon I should be buying at Walmart is Mel Gibson. Um, yeah, the, that's, the le- that's really it.
2: The lethal yeah. weapon. Collect- yeah, you know, you you raise a good point. But uh, terrible, terrible situation this week. I, I, I'm glad we at least mentioned it. We didn't want you guys out there listening to think we're completely oblivious to what's going on in the real world. Because we're not. But... That, my friends, is going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Before I let you guys out of here, Aesop, let people know where I know you got a lot of stuff going on. Where can people get in touch with you on the interwebs and the Twitterverse and all that fun stuff?
3: Dear Jesus, I have so much going on. Uh, if you want, you can follow me on uh, Twitter. I got two different accounts: at Violent Aesop at Dave and Cudahy. Feel free to message me because I otherwise I don't do anything on Twitter. Uh, you can also hear myself and my brother do our podcast, uh, Down the Wire, every Monday or Tuesday, whichever one we feel like dropping on, uh, where we just talk professional sports in the most unprofessional way possible. We are hitting a milestone this week, by the way. Really? You know, some people talk about how important episode 50 is, others episode 100 well, this week, down the wire, it's episode 69, so please, give a listen.
2: If you don't have 69 dudes as your soundbite at the beginning of that episode, like we had for this, our 69th, I'll be very disappointed in you, Aesop. I'm just saying. Send
3: it my way. <laughs>
2: I'll have to make a copy of it and send it over to you.
3: Uh,
2: yeah. Uh, as for me, you can check me out on Twitter at attitudeag That is at Attitude AGG and on Facebook.com slash Attitude of Aggression. Also, please make sure you are checking out the show at Bandwagon Nerds. Please do not send your hate tweets to Patrick O'Dowd. That was just a joke. You can send them to me or maybe, you know, at the Real C. Platt, you know, if you really want to get funky with it, because Chris, is, he's got nothing going on right now. So send it over that way. But that's going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Uh, we will be back next week. Hopefully, Patrick will be back next week. I'm sure we'll be talking about the boys, maybe some more Obi-Wan Kenobi. You never know. We'll see what happens. But that's going to do it for this week's episode. On behalf of PC Tunney, who I know who would he would be giving you his information if he didn't have to bail out of here. And the one and only Fable Gentleman. Thank you again for tuning in. We will be catching you soon. In the meantime, get out of the basement. Celebrate Memorial Day Hopefully it's a good weekend for you guys. We'll catch you guys next week. So long.
0: away from people being able to see this. Is there anything you want the fans to know or any last thing you want to say to them before we get to see this series tonight?
1: This is where the fun begins.